Do you want me to play the intro music? Oh, yeah, yeah, play the intro music. Okay. <laughs> Warm me up here. Okay, here we go. All right, well, welcome to EMDB TV and Double Cuzzies crossover episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So let's see. How do we do this intro? So Double Cuzzies, it's like if Janet and Jung Kim from Kim's Convenience married David and Alexis Rose from Schitt's Creek and had kids. Oh, See what you did there. Yeah. TV tie-in. Yes. TV siblings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because this week we're doing a crossover episode between the Double Cuzzies podcast and the EMDB TV podcast, mm-hmm. which is basically just me talking to you about TV this week instead of another topic. <laughs> which I believe you talked about EMDB TV on a previous episode of Double Cuzzies, the season two premiere. Right. Um, do you feel like you need a, a Double Cuzzies primer for your EMDB TV listeners? I mean, this will be in the format of your podcast. Yeah, so. yeah probably. I think uh, yeah. this is this is my way of trying to siphon off Double Cuzzies listeners to my other podcast of EMDB TV. And, uh, and if you're listening to this because you found this under the EMDB TV chain, then check out my other podcast <laughs> with Galia called Double Cuzzies. And yeah, as a primer for those those uh, diehard EMDB TV listeners, <laughs> the Double Cuzzies podcast is basically the podcast that you and I have together where we talk about life, I think is the tagline, right? Yep. Just anything random. Yeah. Going to... Sometimes, yeah, oftentimes specific topics like deep dives, but yeah, generally life. Yeah, rarely TV because as Mm -hmm. as the Double Cuzzies listeners will know, Kalia infamously does not own a TV. And Mm so we're going to make it a point, though, to have this special conversation about some of the shows that you do watch, though. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, so I think like to do the intro, you know, we uh, how do we know each other? We're double cousins, which means Mm -hmm. that uh, my father married your mom's, your (laughs) dad's sister, and my mom married your mom's brother. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's it. Yeah, we're still trying to figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) But we share 25% of our DNA, and we talk Mm -hmm. about life, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to dive deeper into it, just... Search Double Cuzzies wherever you get your podcasts. The same place that you get this one, probably. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. So, so yeah. So, that's how we know each other anyways. We've known each other since you've been alive, Kalia. And as far as TV watching goes, you know, what was TV watching like for you as a kid? What kind of shows Mm -hmm. did you watch? Yeah, I feel like I was a very typical 90s kid. So, a lot of Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network. all of that good, good stuff. Um, and then I also remember watching, like, my parents would watch Cheers. Mm. So I remember that being on. I don't remember, like, the concept. I mean, I, I know the concept of the show, but I don't remember, like, the intricacies of it. Yeah, I think it was, um, like, a bunch of alcoholics getting together after work or something, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Were they there, like, yeah. every day? I mean, that's problematic. As I've grown older, I've understood the concept more and more. But <laughs> yeah, of like, why? <laughs> Ooh, we should rewatch some Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> um, yeah, so a lot of like the appropriate kids shows and then Cheers. Uh, a lot of David Letterman. I feel like we okay. watch David Letterman every night. Uh-huh. And then SNL, too, um, which I probably shouldn't have been watching at the age. But I have an older brother, so mm. I feel like I was exposed to um things I like cartoons I shouldn't have been watching and other shows that were just on in the household but like overall relationship with tv I feel like like we'd always watch tv getting ready for school in elementary school Mm -hmm. I remember like the pivotal show that that memory is connected to is Samurai Pizza Cats. We were just watching that the other day. (laughs) (laughs) The original ones? Yeah on YouTube. Mm -hmm. 
Samurai yeah. Pizza Cats. Meow. <laughs> Such a good show. Um, yeah, and then like big Rugrats fan, Doug, Rocco's Modern Life, all those yeah. super classics. Yeah, TGIF yeah. cartoons. Uh, mm-hmm. What Recess? Did you watch Recess or like Pepper um, Ann? What was the second one you said? Pepper Ann. Pepper Ann. Yes. Wild um, Thornberries. I'm just gonna. This, wild Thornberries. This episode is yeah. just gonna be me listing '90s cartoons. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, Rocket Power. I always really Rocket liked Power, Rocket Power. Yeah. That was probably one of my favorites. We are riders on a mission. <laughs> Oh my god! I wow. haven't thought about that. Yeah, and you just, just tapped right into that part of your brain. It was autom- It was automatic. Like, yeah, it's kind of creepy, like developmentally, the effect that media and all these things you're exposed to. This is getting into more double cousins. This territory. is this is very double cousins vibes. Yeah, like yeah, I haven't thought about rocket power in decades, but that lives in my brain mm-hmm. somehow. And yeah, I feel like. Um, TV can be very formative at a certain age. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I need to remind myself of that as I allow my kids to watch a lot of TV. (laughs) I need to be mindful of what they're watching, but sometimes you just don't want to pick that battle. And uh, it's just, you gotta, you gotta gotta space out for a little bit. Turn on the Russian toy video. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think that being mindful of what my kids are watching, but I just don't want to fight them sometimes. I think I've probably mentioned this on, maybe I've mentioned this on Double Cuzzies before, or maybe on EMDB TV. I don't know. It's, you know, it's incepted in all parts of my life. So maybe that's why I've talked about this a lot. But yeah, the show Ryan's World, I loosely call it a show, but just this kid on YouTube who's a millionaire now, him and his family. But it was started out with him just like playing with toys and then unboxing toys. And it's essentially just videos, like home videos now, though, of like him and his family. Mm. But it's super weird because they clearly get sponsored. They have like videos that have over a billion views. And I don't quite understand the allure of it, but I guess maybe I do because I have been watching a lot of reality TV myself lately. <laughs> and we'll talk about some on the second half of this episode. But mm-hmm. maybe it's part, you know, part of the psychology of that that my kid really likes. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. I know that he also really likes watching it, I think, because that family looks similar to our family. And he mm-hmm. looks similar to that kid. Yeah. And, uh, and so he associates it with like, you know, that Ryan is a good kid and that he looks yeah. like him. And so he's a good kid. And so that's cute. Yeah. I guess that's reason enough to let your kid watch it, but it is weird kind of thinking about that format of content. And like, we didn't have that when we were children, like yep. nothing streaming even, or like YouTube, mm-hmm. it was just like cartoons, like produced shows. Right. But like, it seems like the way you say that the show has show and air quotes has changed is like it's like a vlog for children yeah it's super weird because it's like what is the psychology behind children having something like the real world or just Mm -hmm. reality tv of kids and kids watching that so yeah it's very odd voyeuristic thing yeah and also that like it's great that he identifies with them and that like you know that's clearly why representation matters but because he identifies with him and he's watching this other family Mm -hmm. having these experiences what does that do as far as like does he internalize like i'm having those experiences like like, how does he understand that yeah, yeah yeah i don't know now that I'm talking about this, I'm like, maybe he can't watch any more of yeah, it. Maybe just uh, yeah, cut down on the Ryan's yeah. world. Yeah, I try to, man, but oh, yeah. they got a they got a hold on him. Yeah, like mostly because I hate that I show. Hate <laughs> I will watch Bluey all day, any day, with or without mm-hmm. my kids. But Ryan's world, I cannot stand watching. Yeah. So that's a tough one. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, I think that the shows have changed for sure since we were mm-hmm. kids. I think, like you said, like a lot of you know, there was just for kids, it was just kind of animated stuff. It wasn't mm-hmm. a whole lot of like real uh, live action ones, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Ooh, do you remember the I show mean, Wishbone? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. I think yeah. they were. That was like historical. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then we had like, I don't know if kids have. You know, like live action game shows like Guts. And, oh, yeah. Uh, Legends of the Forbidden Temple. Double Dare. 
Double Dare, Wild Double and Dare Crazy 2000. Kids. <laughs> oh man, speaking of Wild and Crazy Kids, you know oh, who yeah. that that host? I could have used this as an example too. It's Cuba Gooding Jr.'s brother. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You sent me something yeah. about that. Yeah. 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 yeah, some random wild. <laughs> wild and crazy. Wild and crazy. Yeah. 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 Um, I yeah. mean, it was so pure and simple when we were young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and for that, I am grateful. I, I don't have um, any envy of you having to navigate that as a parent. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I watched a lot of TV as a kid, but the way that TV was ingested back then was very different. And so mm-hmm. I do worry <laughs> that. You know, my kids aren't necessarily watching this. Some of the content is better than it was when we were kids, but there's also just mm-hmm. a lot more content out there. And so it's yeah. it's hard to parent and it's hard to filter. So, yeah. 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 Got to turn that autoplay off. <laughs> yeah. Or like, I guess if you just streamed from like Disney Plus, <laughs> it would yeah. be like our just the classics on Disney Plus for kids. And it'd be like our childhood. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, though, because with Disney, you know, they were they changed their content when they got the rights to like Luke Cage and Jessica Jones and Daredevil mm-hmm. on Netflix because they own all of the Marvel stuff. They had to mm-hmm. change like they had to actually add a TVMA rating because before that mm-hmm. they didn't have anything. So it was like, yeah, mm-hmm. if you were and, and there's a lot of parents that were super upset about it. Because it is kind of like, yeah, you can kind of just trust that if you just turn on Disney Plus, anything on mm-hmm. there is going to be okay for kids to watch. But there are is some stuff out there now where I'm like, this is pretty dark. Mm-hmm. Um, even with like Andor that just came out, like there's some stuff I was like, that's kind of racy, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, for a Disney yeah. property anyway. So yeah, yeah, but uh, but yeah, I mean, any any shows that were particularly memorable or influential to you as a kid, aside from Rocket Power, just having an earwig in your brain. <laughs> Rocket Power and Samurai Pizza Cat. Yes. Um, influential to me. Mm. I guess looking more at like preteen or teenage years like lizzie mcguire because mm-hmm. um, it's like those shows you i was kind of growing up in the age that those characters were yeah so i think that was influential and like i could relate to that because it's like live action people and like this friend group and so i think i was really interested in those shows and um influential to me at the time oh i will mention too in addition to all of like the 90s kid shows I did watch a lot of Food Network when mm, I was little mm-hmm. like a lot and I think like by osmosis picked up a lot of just like cooking skills or understanding of cooking and food through that so yeah. I'm very grateful for that because that was like very educational for me and it wasn't like when I had to fend for myself after I moved out or when I wanted to cook at home I had to like read a book like it just yeah. knew so Food Network in general is very very influential to me I think um, and especially like early days when it was like um like just Bobby Flay and like what was it Sarah Sarah Morton? I'm trying to remember Sarah her name. The blonde lady. Molson. There Molten. Were, yes. Mm-hmm, Molten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the there wasn't like the big TV chefs, yeah. like the celebrity chefs. Um, there was like kind of like an innocence to it, but all of Food Network was very influential to me. And then also like I guess when reality TV became a thing. Um, watching like a lot of America's Next Top Model mm. when I was younger mm-hmm. too. Um, and then like Project Runway, like all the fashion reality shows. Yeah. Um, I'd watch those with my mom, I believe, if memory serves me right. And um, yeah, that was influential to me because I then like went into modeling when I was a teenager. So I think I was definitely influenced by those shows. You applied too for America's Next Top Model, didn't you? I did. And I got to essentially the finals like the stage before they choose the 12 or whatever contestants to be on the show thank god you didn't get picked for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I w- it was very clear when I got to that stage I was like I don't have enough drama in my life to be interesting <laughs> on this show and I think I was I forget what age I was probably like middle of high school could I have been that young I, I think know. you were <laughs> yeah it was like too young and then I I She's realized like I was picking up on some of these things that the, these women were like sharing about their lives. And I was just like, I don't want to fake this just to right. like try to get on the show. Yeah, because I don't think you were in college 
by that point, no, right? And I, I want to say it was like sophomore year or something. Yeah, I remember you telling me something that was like on the application where it was like, what's your average alcohol consumption or something? <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh, they that makes sense <laughs> the yeah. people that they have on that show then. Well, yeah, now in retrospect, they, yeah, I think the age limit on that show was probably like 15 or 16. Dude. That's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah, yeah, so I got to... I haven't watched that show in a very long time. I don't I even know. I don't think it's still a thing. I don't, they have like Australia and other like. I thought Tyra got versions. canceled. No. <laughs> I don't know. Did woke culture take her down for. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, no. Nobody actually gets canceled. But yeah, I got pretty far in that process. And then like after the fact, I was like, um, wasn't for me. <laughs> I'm glad for that. Yeah. There's another version of you and another another timeline oh that got onto that show and her life is very different i'm sure yeah. yeah because all of those girls go on to do like major things oh yeah it win. was all of those girls big break <laughs> yep. oh my oh, gosh man i totally forgot about that show yeah, i mean when that well, show came out back to me yeah that yeah. show was like pioneering too at the time because mm-hmm. there was not that many shows not many reality competition shows out there that were not like athletics focused I guess I don't even there weren't Mm -hmm. even that many competition shows out there I guess Mm -hmm. um but yeah America's Next Time Model man I totally forgot about that show yeah that's a crazy one I did an episode of this of this podcast of EMDB TV about competition shows and I had included Project Runway in there but I had like totally I didn't include like modeling ones at all there's just there's so many Mm -hmm. have you seen um Fit for Fashion no that one is really interesting because that one is like people who are okay looking and like in decent shape in some cases, but it's also like a weight loss slash training competition Ooh. in addition to modeling. What? Yeah. It's, uh, I think it's on Netflix. Yeah. Fit, very unhealthy. Fit for fashion. <laughs> but actually though, probably healthier than some of these other modeling shows because mm-hmm. it talks about nutrition and exercise. Mm-hmm. And the, the transformation that these people make, like, through the course of the season. Mm-hmm. And so they're not just being evaluated on, like, how they do in a modeling shoot. They're also do, being evaluated on how they did on, like, yeah, like an obstacle course or, like, an endurance challenge or something. Mm, okay. Yeah. So it is. It's about not just being, like, thin. It's about being, like, fit. You have to be both. <laughs> you have to be fit for fashion, but fit in a thin way. Not in a yeah. big, muscly way, especially if you're a woman. Not too big of muscles, but yeah. some, you yeah. know. You like know. lean, yeah. lean, lean muscle. Lean muscle. Yeah, opposed to like uh, America's Next Top Model. I remember some of them, they would just like make the contestants fit, like modify their bodies. Yeah. For, like the crazy haircut. Or I was just remembering one the other day where – one of the girls, like, they gave her a gap tooth. Like, somebody decided she would be more marketable if she had a gap tooth. So she, like, went to a dentist and they, like, shaved her middle two teeth. Fucking crazy. Like Permanently changing the way you look for a shot. Yeah. But, hey, you want to be on top? (laughs) You got to shave your teeth. You got to shave your teeth down. It changed everything about you, including your bones. Yeah, yeah. Wild. But then, as you got older, though, obviously dialed back the the amount of TV that you watch. Um, so, what kind of prompted that? And for the TV that you do watch, what kind of TV do you like to watch? Mm. Yeah, I feel like um, like college years, I I would just kind of have it on in the background. I wouldn't like uh, diligently watch a show, from what I can remember. Um, it was kind of funny. I remember like I hung on to my TV and my like basic cable subscription in college because what I was studying it kind of like related to it so in my mind I was like I have to keep this up and like watch Good Morning America every morning um and then from there on it kind of diminished like I realized this is just kind of background noise and I'm not getting much from it um so yeah I ditched like having an actual tv and I think a lot of that changed with this relationship too um uh, just kind of like minimizing things when we moved in together and kind of re-evalu- reevaluating my relationship with shows and stuff like that. So, um, but I do still watch select shows and it's very different because I don't have like a TV in my room or my living room that's mm-hmm. just not for background. It's like I'm sitting down on a computer 
like choosing what to watch right. and I'm just like captive while I watch that so I'm very very choosy at this point in my life because of my setup so yeah, yeah. So I mean I think that's it's like it is very intentional then like you can't just have something mm-hmm. on in the background Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like, I'll have a TV running in the living room and like, I'll, I won't even be on that part of the house and then I'll forget yeah. that it's running. And I'm like, oh crap, how long has this been running for? <laughs> Whoops. Whoopsies. Yeah. That's how Ryan's world gets all those views. <laughs> Got that autoplay on. You've been yeah. watching it for 10 hours. Yeah. So what kind of shows do you like to watch then when you choose to watch? Mm, that's a good question. So I only have Netflix right now. Netflix, and then I'm hacked into your dad's HBO. <laughs> so mostly Netflix and HBO. Gotcha. Of those two, mostly Netflix. So um, what kind of shows? It's a mix. Like right now, I found that when I do watch TV, it's like it is kind of escapist I guess like Mm -hmm. I just wind down and not have to like be too affected by whatever I'm watching so uh, my partner and I have been dipping into Arrested Development every now and then (laughs) because that's just an easy show but also we've like watched a few recent well not recent episodes we've watched a few episodes recently like there are some uh race very racist references (laughs) that just would not fly today (laughs) yeah yeah that show doesn't age super well (laughs) um i mean i think like part of it is that like the humor of it is so ridiculous and tone deaf that it's like well what was tone deaf back then is still very tone deaf now even more tone deaf yeah Yeah. it's uh i don't know it's kind of tough rewatching rewatching that show with the same sort of joy that i did when i when it originally ran um, especially knowing like the drama between the cast too, just like oh, Jeffrey Tabor. I don't know anything about yeah, Like I guess the, mm-hmm. the actor who plays uh, George Sr. was quite the bully on set, especially towards Lucille. Um, oh, gotcha. Yeah, so that's unfortunate just because the actress who plays uh, Lucille, she was totally a national treasure. <laughs> Jessica yes, Walters, I think so. she's a gem. Yeah. So what are you watching besides Arrested Development then? Um... I finished the first season of Only Murders in the Building, mm. which was good. Um, for me, it was a good speed and like the production and the visuals and everything. It was like very compelling to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I told you this when I was in town, but before that, I had tried to watch The Bear, mm-hmm. and that was just like way <laughs> too much for me. Like, too very, much anxiety. Very stressful. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. like, this is not for me. And I, I think I watched like two episodes and I was like, I, I kind of want to keep watching because everybody's like into this and it's supposed to be really good, but also like it's not worth my uh, well-being. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To be like that emotionally affected after watching something. Yeah. 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 And um, both of these are on Hulu. So I, I had a Hulu trial and then I didn't renew it. Ah, um, gotcha. Okay. Yes. For only- so I was watching... I was going to say for only murders in the building though, having, having another podcast together or having this podcast together, depending on where you're listening from, uh, what was it like watching that show? The fact that they are like part of the premise of that show is that they are running a podcast about murders. Um, that part was kind of funny. I mean, um, I think like some of the tropes about the like famous podcasters like the Tina Fey character and Mm -hmm. her whole team those are like kind of funny references um I didn't feel like a specific affinity to the characters because of that and I feel like that well I guess they needed a medium for that part of the show but um yeah it was it was interesting I I appreciated how they worked that into the show yeah 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 um, but in general, I thought it was good. I thought it wrapped up a little too nicely, too fast at the end. Mm-hmm. You've, you said uh-huh. you've watched the first season or both seasons? Just the first season. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then I didn't renew my Hulu trial. So that's <laughs> where I end my relationship with that show. <laughs> um, and then otherwise I've been watching Mo on Netflix. What is that Have you show? seen any of that? Yeah. Um, it's this comedian, um, and he's like, uh, he is like a Palestinian immigrant who lives in Houston. Um, and it's kind of like his his relationship to his family and, um, trying to get his, his citizenship as an adult and these like trials he goes through, um, within those 
parts of his life. I'm doing a terrible job explaining this. Just look it up. Um, I think I saw a it, teaser for it where it was like he was in a grocery store and he was talking about like hummus or something, right? Um, yeah, that sounds right. Okay. Um, yeah, see, I did an even worse job of referring to it. <laughs> of like why you should watch this show and that, that one scene where that thing vaguely happens. Yeah. So one of the big parts of the show is he's like trying to get his citizenship mm -hmm. and how he's dealing with that with his family and like working in the States and whatnot. And um, I'm only a few episodes in, but it's kind of nice because it has, it's like the pace of it is, um, there's like a bit of comedy. There's a bit of like the family struggle and the relational struggle. Um, and the pace is like very relaxing to me. It's like a pretty slow mm -hmm. show, um, but it's all like very entertaining um, altogether. So that's been a good one. Um and then I recently watched the first episode of The Rehearsal on HBO Max, which um, I can't explain it because it's a completely psychotic TV show. <laughs> By Nathan Fielder. So anybody who has watched Nathan for you. <laughs> yeah. It's like that, but even more twisted mm -hmm. <laughs> somehow. Um, but I would say I would highly recommend it. It depends... I would, but it depends on to whom. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Depends what your taste is because it's a very particular taste. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's just like that brand of comedy and content is like, oh, it's like hard for me to wrap my head around or even explain. So yeah. I'm not going to try to, but it's, it's good. It's unlike anything I have ever seen and was like one of those shows the whole day after we were like what the hell was that <laughs> like what did we just watch so. yeah I haven't watched any of it I I need to um I don't know exactly what is holding me back from it I, I think maybe because the, I, I know enough about it where I'm like this sounds crazy and mm -hmm. and then from the way that Nathan for you sort of wrapped up I guess so for people who aren't familiar with either the show Nathan for you or the rehearsal but it's supposed to be reality TV, right? So it's supposed to be mm -hmm. like Nathan Fielder is orchestrating these very elaborate situations that are mostly staged, but like one person is not, is or is like the, the topic of it, right? The subject of mm -hmm. it. And the way that Nathan for you kind of played out towards the end of it, it just got more and more absurd and ridiculous where it kind of stretches imagination of like are people really not aware that this is a tv show are they really not aware of who nathan fielder is you know mm -hmm. and so i think like that's maybe why i haven't started watching the rehearsal yet either is because it seemed like it was kind of a continuation of that of just like these even more yeah. ridiculous things where it's like is this actually reality or is this just a very odd scripted t type of television mm -hmm. you know yeah so yeah there's definitely that very large gray area of this one and I only watched a few episodes of Nathan Free, but I got the impression of, and this is something we'll talk about in the deep dive too, it was like kind of these people who got coerced in this situation just went along with it because mm -hmm. they were on TV mm -hmm. and like were kind of just like drinking the juice, even though it was like so ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Like if there had not been a camera, I don't think these people would have gone along with these elaborate yeah. twists and turns and everything, so... Interesting. Yeah. I mean, having not watched the show, like even an episode of Nathan for you, where it's like he wants, he's staging a show that's like the bachelor and mm. cause he wants to date all of these women. <laughs> and it's like, that's so just creepy. so fucking creepy. And like to think about it though, that it's like, yeah, the women who are on that show, like they would not be doing this except for the fact that there's a, t a camera like a film crew and everything. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, it begs the question, and maybe it's a good way of segueing into the uh, the, ne the next part of this discussion, which, I mean, because I think that the show that we wanted to talk about, Terrace House, mm -hmm. it, you know, reality TV, there's so many aspects of that where it is kind of like, is this really real? Or mm -hmm. can something that, when somebody knows that they are being filmed, can that ever mm -hmm. actually be, like, genuine and legitimate, real, you know? Real. yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like that scientific rule, right? Where it's like I don't know what it's called, but where the if the subject knows that they're being experimented on or they're part of an experiment, like that taints the results. Mm. So hmm. yeah, yeah, but very much I, like I, that. Yeah, I have that thought running through my head as before we get into Terrace House because I've been watching a lot of other reality shows like Selling mm. the OC and that which is hot garbage. So good though. It's like, started watching that thinking that it was going to be about like real estate. 
It's like it's not. No, it's like five percent about real estate and ninety-five percent about drama. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so, yeah, oh my gosh. yeah. The five percent about real estate is pretty interesting, though, because I mean, for selling the OC, which is on Netflix, that that show starts out where it's like, oh, they're at like a property that's like a hundred million dollars. It's like a ridiculously expensive home where it's like, I'm never in my life going to see a home like that or be in a, you know, like own a home like that. So I have no concept of what that is. So that Mm -hmm. part of it's interesting. And so there's like these very expensive listings, but then it's mostly about the drama of all of the realtors in the office. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is an extension of, you know, selling, um, selling sunset. I think that was Mm -hmm. maybe the original one. Um, but it's interesting because you think that the show is like hot garbage and it's like, oh, Emmy award winning. You're like, what? And then you start watching it and you're like, wow, these people are trash. They're just like so mean to each other. And then it's like, why is this person all like freaking out about this and stuff? And then they do like an interview and it's like, yeah, I just had a really stressful time because, you know, my, my mom's going through a lot of medical issues and you're like, damn, dark stuff. Mm. And then it's like, or they're, you know, they'll be real. Yeah. And then they'll be like talking shit about somebody and how she's like, it's such a bitch. And like how, oh, she just slept around to get her client list and stuff. And then they interview her and it's like, you know, it's really hurtful to hear these things because I came from nothing. Like, you know, I lost both of my parents. And so like I grew up in foster care and like I've been doing you know just trying to work and support my family mm-hmm. and it's like it's Damn. like that a- ANTM drama yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I mean it's like but it's so interesting because you see how it's like oh yeah daggers out right the people are just talking mm-hmm. shit about each other and then as a viewer of it kind of being catty and watching it, like that's why people watch it you know mm-hmm. but then you hear this stuff and you're like wow I feel a new level of empathy for these people. <laughs> but why is a show like that Emmy Award winning? I don't know what it won for. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but you should check it out, though. I think you would be entertained. I don't know what it is about it. It's like, because it's, it's not scripted, but it totally is. Yeah. You know, it, the human yeah. psychology of it is super interesting, though. Yeah. So, yeah. It's like, um, uh, not like Laguna Beach. Yes. The last episode of Laguna Beach ruined reality TV for everybody. Yeah, they broke that fourth wall. That was, ugh, that was terrible. Literally. <laughs> oh, my oh man. The fact that I know exactly what you were talking about and I have that image in my head. Like, talk about influential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I forgot that one. Laguna Beach, the yeah. OC. The hills. What was the Laguna Beach? Yeah, the hills. Yeah. 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 The oh, city. Man. What's real anymore? What is, Nothing. What is real? Yeah. <laughs> And then in addition to that, like, I think you and I have talked about uh, some of the TV that you actually actually do watch. Love is Blind. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm ashamed. Yeah. Did you watch the reunion special or the life after the altar? Yeah. No. It's pretty depressing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Somewhat. I don't know. All of that is just like, why would you put yourself in this social situation? And Mm -hmm. then it's because of TV and money, probably. That's why. Um, yeah, and it's pretty wild too. Like you look at these shows, and it, I'd imagine like the selling OC or selling Sunset to an extent. Like now, there's a whole like social media and like influencer dynamic to all of this. It's like, mm-hmm. well, I may not become like an actor or like succeed at modeling because of ANTM, but I'll get like a bunch of followers and right. I can establish myself on this other, you know, channel. So right, right. All it's right. pretty gross. That's the perfect segue to the next <laughs> to the next part of the episode. That yes. yeah, yeah. We should we take a commercial? Yeah, break? let's take a commercial break. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me pull it up. If you're like me and often have insane cravings for genuine, authentic Italian food, just like Nona would make, and just simply love feeling like family when you're here, then you're gonna love this offer from our newest Dub Cuz partner, Olive Garden. I was there last week to preview their newest appetizer, the Alfredo Bomb, which is rigatoni pasta stuffed with the seven cheese Alfredo sauce, then frozen, breaded with extra gluten Italian breadcrumbs, and fried to crunchy perfection. I actually got a third degree burn on my face when I was eating them, but it was so worth it, especially since I paid for the meal with my Olive Garden credit card, which means I got 5% back in soup, salad, and breadsticks. That's right. Every time you use the new OGCC, you get 
5% back to use on soup, salad, and breadsticks. That's soup, salad, and breadsticks. Kinda free and kinda with limits, but the same comfy, crunchy, carby combo of sensations you love. And get this, Olive Garden is partnering with Guy Fieri and Emerald Lagasse this fall for a specially curated mashup menu, so you can look forward to limited time items like the Donkey Sauce Kick and Cajun Lagasse Lasagna, Meaty Meaty Extra Meaty Kicked Up a Notch Meatballs, a special Bambino's menu that's full of spicy dishes for the little ones, and of course the Flavortown Freeze served with a limited edition Bucatini Pasta Straw and Emerald's Essence Powdered Rim. Visit OGCC.com to apply for the amazing new Olive Garden credit card so you can get that 5% back in soup, salad, and breadsticks. And when you apply, enter the code DUBCUS to get a free shaker of powdered donkey sauce essence. So, so Kalia, what are, what's the seven cheeses in the seven cheese Alfredo? Mm, good question. Mm, secret. It's a, it's a family secret. Only, yeah, only Nana knows. Yes. Yeah. It's only in the secret flavor town. Yeah. Yeah. The, what is it? It's the Guy Fieri, the Emerald Lagasse lasagna. <laughs> yep. Meaty, meaty, extra meaty meatballs. <laughs> oh my God. The Bam Bambino's menu. I'm going to have to look at the transcript for that commercial to understand everything that was in there. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, the, that sound effect was, was great for the bam. There's the a bam. Lot going on. Yeah. yeah, I think that was my favorite part. Yeah. I recorded that so long ago, I forgot what it was. Yeah, <laughs> it was like you were listening to it for the first time, too. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> this is my voice. That's great. I thought about this. What the hell? Oh, you're like, who is, who is this soothing woman talking to me? <laughs> about an Olive Garden credit card. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, that was great. Okay, so now moving into the second part of this episode, we want wanted to talk about uh we wanted to do a deep dive on one of our favorite tv shows terrace house mm-hmm. and uh and for those of you who have not watched this show i don't think that there will be anything that is truly spoilt for you by the following conversation mm-hmm. so even though we give names and even though we refer to incidents or things that happened on the show there's so many series like seasons of the show and so mm-hmm. many castmates that like I can't even keep all of them straight anyways. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there won't be no spoilers, but hopefully that hopefully this conversation compels you to watch the show because I don't think enough people do. Yes. <laughs> yes, not never enough. Can be never yeah. enough people watching Terrace House. So quickly mm-hmm. to recap what Terrace House is, it's a reality show that is similar to like the real world basically where it's three men and three women living together in a house. Uh, and this is a Japanese show. And these women and men all tend to be within the ages of like, sometimes quite young, actually, I guess like what, 16, 17, I think it was the youngest that they had. And then like 30s. They've never had anybody older than I want to say like 36. Mm-hmm. Um, and And basically they just like live together and it's not, as it's not even as structured as some reality TV shows where they have to like do challenges. Like they, they, they just live together. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Yeah. Um, and, and they don't have to stay there for any certain amount of time. They don't have to have any particular goals. They each have their different motivations for going on the show. Oh, some of them have to have goals. Some of them must. <laughs> yes. Some of them are pressured into some... <laughs> sharing their goals. Yes. We'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's kind of just a show, low, low key, uh, show about y- young men and women learning how to live with other people, take care of themselves and each other, mm-hmm. and navigating uh, social relationships and romantic relationships, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And I think something interesting about this show is I don't know if you mentioned it. I was Googling something, but um, these people don't like give up their normal lives to go on this show. Yes. Like, yep. for the most part, most of them are still like going to school or working or like, well, leave for two weeks to go on vacation with their family so like things continue to move forward it's not like all of their energy is towards participating in the show so right right um there's something very like mundane and um i don't know exactly what like cottage core is but i feel like the show is kind of cottage core it's just yeah. like simple and charming i think especially <laughs> the opening new doors season which is set in the woods that that feels very I think cottage core is supposed to be like comforting and yeah cozy mm-hmm. 
like yeah was it like taylor swift's folklore album wasn't that supposed to be like the height of like cottage core oh i, I mean taylor swift has an association with the show as well she's mm, <laughs> not in the american version though not thank god american. <laughs> couldn't couldn't afford the rights <laughs> yeah yeah. Yeah. So what um, drew you to this show? Because I think you're the one who actually told me about this show. This was several years ago also that we started watching this. Yeah. So I think we probably started watching, what, 2016? I think That's so. when the first Netflix season came out. Mm-hmm. So which was like the second actual season for the series. But Netflix picked it up around then. And I think my friend Oscar recommended it to me. Um, and I... I don't know what I knew about it. I can't remember the specifics, but I started watching it. It was just like very relaxing and like like I I can't take stress and drama like what happened to me with watching the bear. <laughs> so I feel like <laughs> the show was a great speed and and then like as I watched more of it, kind of like the relational aspect of it, it was unlike anything that I've ever seen on American TV or reality TV. Like yes. these people seem genuinely invested in each other and like they care for each other and the conversations like there's drama, but the drama and the conversations around them are very productive. Mm-hmm. Like it's never like fighting, like these people are going to get into like a physical fight um, or like name calling or like insulting mm-hmm. each other or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then, like, when things like that do happen or say, like, somebody's talking about someone behind their back, like, another housemate, like, stands up for them and, like, confronts it and, like, they work it out and that person is like, oh, yeah, that was wrong of me. Like, (laughs) all of those things are kind of, like, wrapped up in a really sincere, like, real way, which is something I've never seen. I've never seen on TV and then just to, like, see that from an outside perspective in general was really interesting to me as well. Um. So, yeah, I think for me, when I first started watching it, it was, like, very mellow escapism. Yeah, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Like, reality escapism. Yeah, and I mean, I think a lot of it, too, like, even outside of just the social interactions, like, the house, the houses that they are in are usually quite nice, um, and and also, like, minimally furnished, so it's not, like, overwhelming. It's very, it feels very Japanese aesthetic, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, the cooking that they do on the show is also very enjoyable to watch, and so it's kind of like Mm -hmm. watching a cooking show too yeah there's also like really good food shots Mm -hmm. like every meal anytime they cook in the house there's like very detailed close-up shots of the food which is nice yeah it's It's just a nice show it's just a nice it's very nice oh i guess the other thing to to mention about this show for people who haven't watched it is that there's also commentators live commentators who are cut Mm -hmm. into it so it's like they're watching the show and then making comments about what what they just watched (laughs) and then Mm -hmm. going back to watching the show. And so it's pretty funny. Um, And then it's also, we'll talk about it later too, I think, but like that aspect of it, I think is a little bit interesting when you think about like people who are on the show and then watch Mm -hmm. themselves on the show and then hear these people saying these things about them Mm -hmm. um, and how that can maybe be pretty toxic (laughs) as well. So yeah. Yeah. If you're a hardcore fans like em and i there's you definitely see the seasons progress like the first one is it's very pure like the first few seasons a couple seasons are very pure and um and then it's like going back to that awareness of being filmed and awareness of being on tv in the later seasons there is definitely like okay this person is doing this so they'll get more airtime yep you know, like these things are delivered because they have watched the show before. Yep. And then a lot of times they watch themselves During. on the show <laughs> while they're still in the house. I think that is the part of the show that is completely different than like real world or any other mm-hmm. like uh, reality shows like that before. Is it because the way that it, it runs in real time and mm-hmm. they're not uh, they're not like shut off from real world right the real world about like what's happening what what people are saying about it so they're reading articles about how they came off on an episode and that was stuff that happened like a few weeks before that so i think that part of it is also interesting but then also super toxic for people who are Mm -hmm. on the show um yeah but yeah maybe we should quickly run through like so as we said there's there's a lot of different seasons of it Mm -hmm. most of them are on netflix but 
this the show originally started there's a, a the original run of the show is not on Netflix and I cannot find anywhere to get it uh legitimately you watched, you watched the fan dub right I have watched almost every episode of the original there's one. like 90 something episodes yes. so the original one is boys and girls next door and it ran from 2012 to 2014 and mm-hmm. and so yeah there's something like 98 episodes and I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure I have watched like 90 of them and and so that is really fascinating because there is i think one castmate who stays there the whole time oh damn so it's like wow this person is smart because they are just getting free rent for two years also (laughs) yeah very expensive city yeah but then when you also when you look at like on wikipedia if you look at the uh the like the cast list for each of the series it'll show you like who overlapped with who (laughs) which is like super interesting because you can see like who stayed really long and then like who was really short and like the turnover i think that isn't a really interesting dynamic of the show too though is like when they change over it can change the dynamic of the group yeah Um, yeah yeah so like starting off with go ahead to that point i'm just looking at like the the date spans of the show like some of them last like this one 2012 i don't know when in 2012 but to 2014 like these are people cycling through this house for more than a full year right and actually yeah. i think in the original run they have to move houses <laughs> like leases that's what i remember thinking when i was watching that was that i was like oh yeah they, maybe they either didn't think that it was gonna last this long or what but then the house that they move into is actually nicer than the other yeah. one so it's like oh maybe they just got a better budget i don't know yeah so that was the original run i think mm-hmm. that that one if you can find it is absolutely worth watching because mm-hmm. that's going to be the purest right that's going to be the purest mm-hmm. of like terrace house not being a thing and so mm-hmm. people just existing on this show. But then there, we'll get into this when we talk about our favorite housemates. But, you know, one of the people from the original run comes back for another one. And she's just like all time queen of the show. She's like the mascot of the show, in my opinion. So, yeah, you should check it out. She looks uh, quite different <laughs> in the original. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's one of my favorite themes of that the season when she comes back (laughs) subtle plastic surgery (laughs) (laughs) yeah so that was the original one and then the one that started airing on netflix first was boys and girls in the city and that takes place Mm -hmm. in tokyo and that ran from 2015 to 2016 Mm -hmm. then aloha state i think this is probably when netflix really started advertising for it Mm -hmm. um and this was 2016 to 2017 and this one was different because it took place in oahu right in honolulu Mm-hmm, and so. yeah and so this one was the first first series of this where it was like kind of a mix of non uh like native born japanese or sometimes um it was like a lot more asian americans on the show mm-hmm. and then also a couple of people too who were like not or at least one who was not japanese at all but she was fluent in japanese mm, who was that lauren oh lauren okay. sai and, yeah. you know, talk about people who have made careers after the show. Yeah, she's yeah. Like, yeah. she's a, a legit actress, model, artist now. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. so yeah, so that was Aloha State. Definitely don't, if you haven't watched Terrace House at all, don't start with that one, though. I feel no, like that's that the was... least Terrace House experience. Like, mm-hmm. that feels the least like Terrace House. Pure Terrace House. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's too American. The drama is Wait, too, is too alcohol-fueled. <laughs> I'm looking at Lauren Sai. Mm-hmm. Her uncle is Ming Sai. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. <laughs> wow. Okay. This is incredible. That's amazing. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She was she was a great cast member on that on that season. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so yeah, Aloha State. It was pretty good. It's worth watching, but don't watch it until you've exhausted all of the other ones. And then mm-hmm. opening new doors, which was 2017 to 2019, and that one takes mm-hmm. place in was it Karyazawa? Because <laughs> we just watched that one, mm-hmm. um, and that one was, I feel like one of the chillest seasons mm-hmm. because it's in the yeah. woods, the house is gorgeous, the cast is really strong from the very get go. 
Uh, people for the most part are like super nice. Uh, there mm-hmm. is some spicy drama that happens over the course of the series though. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. definitely worth watching. And if you haven't watched any of these and you want to get into it, we'll be dropping a special watch along episode watch-along. of the EMDB TV <laughs> podcast where you can listen to me and Kalia watch opening do doors. So <laughs> you can watch along with us. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that would be a pretty decent season to start with. We're not going to yes. go in order. Yeah. Just because that was my favorite. <laughs> yeah yeah i think either that one or i think tokyo was also really good actually like i just i just started rewatching that one because i was like who is on this season what season was this i couldn't remember at all because uh, they all kind of bleed together after a while but mm-hmm. uh that one was really good i would also highly recommend tokyo um and and that one was very interesting because it got cut short and it was supposed to run when the olympics were happening so that was going to be the kind of the cool thing but then pandemic hit so then that didn't happen but then it was still airing when the pandemic hit and so i thought that it was going to be very interesting to see what happens when all of those regulations in japan took over and that it was like well they're probably going to be all home a lot more right (laughs) but then that series never continued uh airing or filming for unrelated reasons to that though Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah. so i don't know if we want to talk about why the show is no longer filming anymore now or if we want to go into on the more positive side some of our Mm -hmm. our all-star housemates here (laughs) yeah um well let's see what's going to be more compelling to the listeners Mm. (laughs) i think it's probably going to be not talking about specific people because that's not going to have any relevance yeah. to anybody until yeah. they actually who, watch the show who was if you had to choose one favorite housemate oh well, i mean it's santa obviously Queen. yeah yeah um, especially because you watch the original so. yeah but i mean okay so what would be top five so this might be not this might not be compelling information for new listeners but for terrace house diehard fans they're gonna love this content mm-hmm. so um i really like pepe chan also i thought he was mm-hmm. i thought he was great was he in Tokyo? He's in Tokyo. Yeah. Okay. And I thought that he was a great, he was great representation for somebody who is not Japanese, not even mm-hmm. Asian, uh, totally fluent in Japanese though, and very respectful of the culture. Mm-hmm. And and so I thought that he was kind of a, a nice change out of compared mm-hmm. to all of the other castmates. Um, who else did we really like? Hansan. I mean, come on. Hansan was my favorite. Yeah. One Han- of my all time favorites. Hansan is from sure. Boys and Girls in the City. Yeah. Right. And he was, he was just very mature. Right. He was one of the few people who came on with a girlfriend or boyfriend, like having a part, a romantic partner already. Mm-hmm. Cause a lot of people come on either single and looking to mingle or, mm-hmm. um, or they're just single. They're, they're just single. <laughs> There's not really mm-hmm. anybody who comes on there, uh, with any sort of relationship status. And he was, he kept it like so above board too like he just really supported all of the other housemates and it was never like oh is he going to slip up and you know be romantically interested in anybody it was like nope has nothing to do with that yeah and he was like supporting them with the projects yeah. he was an architect and he helped like someone build a pop-up shop and mm-hmm. like all oh, this just so nice yeah 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 it, the, the commentators are always funny in the beginning of the seasons when they're like oh yeah we'll see how this person has the downfall over <laughs> the middle <laughs> it's like we'll see yeah, they man. seem like an angel now um but Hansan was one who was just like yep he yeah. was just he just a great person over the course of the yeah. whole time so yeah, yeah. all-star um who else one of my other favorites and this might be controversial I really liked Armand mm-hmm. he I mean he was definitely a mooch because he was yes. on that season I forget what season was that he was in boys and girls in the city oh okay yeah but he was in the house for a very long time. And he was just like chill dude, kind of had goals. Loki was working on them. Definitely was like hunting for a girlfriend, but very like honest about everything. Mm-hmm. And then I think, okay, this is kind of a spoiler, but not really. The one episode where he gets into an accident and everybody is like so distraught over it. Yeah. That was just like yeah. the sweetest moment to me <laughs> yeah they all like truly truly cared about each other yeah 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 um it's really really nice armand is interesting because he was uh pretty similar to the guy from the first 
the OG series of it who stayed on mm. for a long time. It, it was okay. it was like very similar in the sense of like aspiring firefighter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was just yeah. uh, it was Armand. It was Armand before yeah. he had gotten plastic surgery. <laughs> oh, wow, that's quite. If you look up uh, the, who I'm talking about from the original series, you'll see that that's quite the drastic change physically. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I think that that's a good one too. Um, yeah, he was one of those guys where. Although kind of a mooch and kind of uh, not super ambitious, you were still really rooting for him. Yeah, just like an endearing guy. Yeah. Like, yeah, he didn't have any, you know, ulterior motives or anything. Just pure, pure guy. Yeah. And then there's definitely some great uh, couplings, I feel like, from mm-hmm. that show. We won't get into those because those will be spoilers. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's some great couples that came out of it. And actually some great couples, I think, that have lasted, you know, Santa yeah. being one of them. <laughs> so Yeah, Santa and Noah. That's yeah. surprising. Yeah. I love it, though. I love it. Yeah. Okay. So that was the the favorite housemates section. Okay. So <laughs> we're like we're not gonna get into it, we're not gonna get into it, it. But now we're gonna talk about it for ten minutes. Um, okay. So no, we've talked about this at the top of it. Of how do we think that the show changed the longer that it was on? I mean, it be- clearly they became the show became more self aware. The people mm-hmm. became more self aware, um, and and I think that it kind of twisted it from. It, it was always like there people who were coming on there were these aspiring sort of models or actors. And so that mm-hmm. aspect of it was always there, I feel like. Um, but maybe it became like, I think people became more conscious of how they were portraying themselves while mm-hmm. living there. Yeah, I feel like in the later seasons, I mean, yeah, everybody was like aspiring to do something, but it seemed like people were more calculated about that. Yeah, that's a good way of describing it, more calculated. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and maybe, I mean, I can't say what the editing process was like, but people would kind of do things to increase their airtime and then like get like their brand they're working on or like their modeling gigs Mm -hmm. like on the final episodes, so... I definitely got a sense that, like, in the later seasons, like, people were going on this because they're well aware of what it is and they see it as an opportunity to promote, right? whether that's, like, the thing they're working on or just themselves. So there was kind of, like, an ickiness of that to me, but I still obviously watched it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Kind of, like, very interesting, too, to to watch it and recognize that dynamic. Um, but, I, I yeah, think... The, uh... I was going to say, I think some of the drama that ends up playing out in some of these seasons, too, is a result of housemates calling others out for being calculated or, Mm. you know, like, it's like, oh, this person was, they're making themselves out to be this, like, virginal, you know, angel, but Mm. actually they're they're sneaking around in camera blind spots and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And and so I think that it's like that the self-awareness part of it adds another layer to it, but then Mm -hmm. it also adds another opportunity for drama and conflict. Yeah. 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 Yeah, And I remember in the later season, there was like, it was pretty clear, like there was a relationship forming and it's like, these people don't really like each other, but they're just kind of stretching this. So they'll both stay on the show, have a reason to stay on the show and also get a lot of airtime. Yeah. Which that can be difficult to pick out when there are some relationships where it's like the courtship in in the show mm. is super weird, like yeah. very awkward, you know, very in, in some ways pure, very pure because there's nothing like sexual or physical about it where mm. it's very much like they're just dating, they're making their intentions known. They make it official before anything physical happens. Yeah. Um, and so the courtship seems very staid to begin with, you know? And so then yeah. it's like, it's hard to tell of, do these people actually like each other or yeah. not? <laughs> yeah. And is that, that just something that's particular to like the format of this show and this being a TV show? Or is this like a cultural thing? Yeah. Like it is kind of funny because most of the relationships that transpire, I feel like there is always a moment where it's like, Almost like, you know, middle school or high school, like asking if someone will be your girlfriend, yep. you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Like making it very official. And yeah. then, and Which then I, mean, I appreciate the consent. I do too. Because then it's like immediately after that, they're like jumping each other's bones. It's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, got to get that out, out front, right? In writing. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 But uh, I think that so. I guess maybe that takes us to why the show is not recording anymore, or I assume it isn't recording and it's not, I I cannot see how they could 
ethically right. bring the so show abruptly. back. Yeah. You know, and so and the reason why is like for for like you said, people who are diehard fans like us will mm-hmm. know that, you know, Tokyo season, it's it's on Netflix right now from 2019 to 2020. Mm-hmm. However, there was actually two parts uh, of this series that are never going to air. One part of it was on the air before Netflix had it. And then they've pulled all of it, the mm-hmm. third part and the fourth part. Well, I'll, I'll put a content warning in this as well that mentions mm-hmm. of suicide here. And the reason why is because one of the housemates actually committed suicide. Essentially, all of the things that we have mentioned during this discussion so far of, you know, the criticism that people who are on the show receive, the very public scrutiny, the mm-hmm. like really living in the place while this is happening and seeing how you are portrayed and then having to Mm -hmm. continue on. And in a lot of cases too, I've read that the producers are realizing like, you know, Hey, this is kind of the, this is the agreement that you sign up for. You're on going to be on TV. And that essentially offers you up as a public figure to people Mm -hmm. can say whatever they want. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that, you know, the amount of cyberbullying and the type of cyberbullying that this, a housemate was receiving was a lot around her physical appearance and the fact that mm-hmm. she, you know, was mixed race uh, and not, uh, it didn't present as like the typical, I guess, dainty, very light skinned uh, beauty standards. And so a mm-hmm. lot of the criticism that she was receiving was around that. Um, and she was also a professional wrestler too. And so mm-hmm. she was receiving a lot of body shaming because of her, the shape of her body. Um, and so I think it was just quite relentless. And, and I think that there was also uh, the portion that we have not been able to watch or that never aired in the U S mm-hmm. apparently there, she had some, um, altercation with one of the male housemates. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the way that she was portrayed in that, like she received a lot of backlash about her mm-hmm. in that. Um, but I think it was partially the way that it was edited and then also, Apparently that was something that the producer said that she, that she and the, that male housemate needed to have this confrontation. Oh, so that was kind of so a it was staged pretty staged. Thing? Yes. Mm. And, uh, and so I think it was sort of, you know, on one hand, it's like, you're letting these things play out, but then on the other hand, like you're instigating them now. So it's a whole mm-hmm. other level of, you know, uh, of what sort of role do the, was, does the production play in this? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the fact that there was just no mental health support at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I think that it's kind of like, it was a very tragic ending and tragic occurrence of what was happening on the show. And then it was like very abruptly ended for clear, you know, obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. But given all of that, though, I just don't think that they could responsibly bring it back because some of these things are mm-hmm. not going these some of these problems are not going to go away, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. When a show gets to that point where it's like so, yeah, self-aware is one thing. But then when production plays into it, too, mm-hmm. it's like, well, then how do you, you know, go back to it being like a quaint, innocent TV right. show? Like, yeah. Then it's just like yeah. watching a scripted TV show, except that the like the storylines and stuff it's like these are actually people's lives you know Mm -hmm. so I think that's a little that's kind of the icky thing about it for me Mm -hmm. as Um, a viewer yeah yeah and I and I think that it is something that I kind of uh you know maybe this is weird context for people who are going to start watching the show and they they wouldn't have known about how it ended you know necessarily but watching it and having thoughts about the, the housemates, you know, and like opinions about it and stuff. And, and I guess I should say this is kind of ironic too, because you and I did the, the watch along and we're commenting on it. Um, and then, you know, the commentators giving their, their criticisms and their jokes and stuff about people, but then having to remember that like, these are people, <laughs> these are actual people. Yeah. And like, who am I to have these opinions about it? You know, or who am I to be taught, you know, but it's also television. <laughs> so yeah, it's a, it's a weird place to be in, but, but yeah. Yeah, it is tricky. I mean, I guess you're not like going on Twitter and blasting these people. That would be yeah. like the next level. Yeah. These are just my private thoughts. It's not like I'm trying to DM any of these people telling them like that they're disgusting yeah. and that, yeah, yeah. You're just talking about it on your podcast. You're yeah, just on your totally. Hunts on your podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We didn't talk about the top five that we don't like. We, we do talk about one of them <laughs> because he, he's on opening new doors, but yeah. But yeah, yeah so I think it is, it's like all of, yeah, all of these reality shows, it's kind of like we, you know, we go full circle where it's talking about like on Selling OC, you know, it's, 
watching these things and and then having a certain level of empathy <laughs> and understanding that it's like mm-hmm. we're just all people um you know and you know if my life was if I was on a Truman show type show um you know my life wouldn't be super interesting in my opinion but maybe it would be but also yeah I wouldn't want I don't feel like people are entitled to judge and so who am I to judge I'm just a I'm yeah. just a viewer so yeah yeah you gotta you gotta think about everything you watch yes especially the reality shows with yeah that. yeah I know. I feel like we kind of started it out with like, this is a stress-free, low-key show that you should watch. And then the closing of this is like, you got to really be aware of your social impact of your viewing. <laughs> I mean, just don't be an asshole in <laughs> just, public about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can have all the thoughts in your own head that you want. Just don't be a total asshole yeah, to other people. Yeah. yeah. Just how you externalize that. Just think about that before you do anything. Yeah. All right. So this wraps okay. it for this crossover episode of EMDB TV and Double Cuzzies. Thank you, Kaylia for joining yeah thanks for having me yeah anytime and uh anytime you want to talk about (laughs) one of the shows that you're watching I will I will watch it and we can discuss I don't have too much material there so I feel like this was it (laughs) exactly okay perfect we're good for a while then until we hit up uh, until I do the next season of this podcast (laughs) Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. well that's it thanks for listening and uh, if you're interested in checking out this series tune into the watch along episode of uh of me and Kalia listening to Terrace House of the opening new doors season so all right bye bye everyone thanks for listening to emdb tv check us out on social media at emdb tv and at www.emdbtv.com